0: Hello, and welcome to the Freelance Dietitian Podcast. I'm your host, Julia Zekchevsky, and fellow freelance dietitian. In this podcast, I'm going to teach you how you can apply your nutrition knowledge to create a flexible side income, to increase your career fulfillment as a registered dietitian nutritionist, and how you can flip your mindset so that you can start living the life you've always dreamed of. here we are the final episode of season one of the freelance dietitian i'm so excited i can't wait i just can't believe i have a season under my belt i mean i'm not happy that it's over but i just it feels like a big milestone so thank you so much to everyone who has been tuning in and listening regularly Uh, i really love getting messages from you guys afterwards when you have questions or you want me to go into more detail about a certain topic if you are ever in that boat and kind of wondering or you wanted a little bit more potatoes with your meat, please send me a message on Instagram. I'm really happy to chat afterwards. I really want this content to be really helpful for you, the listeners. So last week I put a poll in my Instagram story and I asked, what do you guys want to hear about? And nearly a unanimous vote was for today's topic, which is how to balance freelancing while working full-time. Yes, that is such a great topic. So In today's episode, I'm going to teach you some strategies to help you stay motivated, how to remain consistent, how to manage your time, and how to lean into your creativity so that you can successfully freelance on top of your 40-hour week, get paid, and have nothing but smiles for miles. Let's actually start with time. I'm going a little bit out of order of how I just listed them, but I do think time is the biggest crunch when it comes to having a full-time job and trying to manage extra work on the side. A couple things about time that we'll go over. I mean, obviously picking time in your schedule is really important and we'll go over how to identify when the best use of your time would be. And then also for time, kind of a subcategory would be why you should be tracking the time that you're spending on your freelance work, because that's really critical, especially when you're first starting out. So let's start at the top. Let's start at how to manage your time to make sure that you're not going to be burning out. I would recommend if you're just starting freelancing to carve out between five to 10 hours a week and dedicate that time exclusively to freelancing. With this time, you should plug it into your calendar and as, as though they were like little blocks, almost like you're going to be working a part-time job. Those blocks should be dedicated to working on your business and other blocks will be dedicated to working in your business. When you work on your business, it means that you're going to be pitching It means that you're going to be polishing up your portfolio. It means that you're going to be maybe doing some research for potential clients. Versus when you work in your business, it means that you're actually completing the freelance work. At the beginning, I would say it's probably going to be about 70% working on your business and then 30% working in your business until you actually start to recur some clients and some contracts. New jobs become available every single day. So I do recommend pitching every single day, or every other day. When I first started freelancing, I dedicated 30 minutes to pitch in the morning and 30 minutes to pitch in the evening, five days a week. At that time, I was relying on Upwork for most of the freelance jobs, and I did notice that more often when I got hired, it was because I was one of the first people to apply for a new job posting. When I first started freelancing, it was also peak pandemic lockdown, so I really didn't have a whole lot to do other than hang out on Upwork, but make sure that you're doing this consistently. That really is the key message at the end of the day. Even on a day when you're feeling tired and discouraged, you still need to show up and keep working if you want to be successful as a freelancer. I guarantee you someone will respond back to your pitch and you will get hired There is truly someone, like there's always somebody on the internet that has cash in their pocket that's just waiting to pay you for nutrition skills and knowledge, so always keep going. It doesn't matter if you get rejected 10 times, 50 times, or 100 times, it's normal. Just keep showing up. If it really helps you to be in a buddy system or have someone else in your corner, I strongly recommend getting an accountability buddy do a little survey inside your social circle and see if there's anyone else that's freelancing that maybe you can both use each other to report back to. The reality is that showing up for 5 to 10 hours a week on top of your full-time job may not sound a lot on paper, but it is a lot of extra hours. So having someone in your corner really helps to keep you motivated and it's going to help you have like a greater sense of responsibility to meet your freelance goals. Historically, freelancing can also be a very lonely endeavor. So the sooner you start making connections and getting a buddy, the better. The next bit about time I want to address is tracking your time. This is critical. If you start freelancing, please track your time. There's a couple of reasons. So reason number one, you're going to have data to lean on so that you know how long it takes you to complete a project, which is going to boost your confidence that you're charging the right amount for certain services. All new freelancers will undercharge for a project at one point in their lives because they didn't realize how long it would take. I've been there, everyone has been there. To decrease the chances of this happening, keep track of how much time you spend on a project and then you're gonna know, okay, this is gonna take me two hours, this is gonna take me 12 hours. That's a big difference in how much you charge. The second reason is to track your time to make sure that you're not burning out. You may notice that certain weeks you're working five hours on your freelancing business and you feel fantastic. You're thriving. Your mental health is excellent versus the weeks where you're dedicating 10 hours and you felt like crap on top of your job. Like I mentioned, those extra hours will make a difference. So make sure you're tracking also how you're feeling and this will help you avoid burning out. The third reason why you should be tracking how long it takes you to complete projects is because it will allow you to set realistic timelines. And this is huge many clients won't have a clue how long a project should take they know what they want but they don't understand necessarily how long it's going to take to get from a to b so two things are going to happen or two things may happen they're going to ask you for your input because you're the pro who they want to hire or they're going to have their own timeline which may be completely unrealistic as you gain experience and you get a good sense of how long it takes you to complete certain projects you're going to be able to set more realistic timelines and everybody is going to be happier when you're discussing timelines with your clients, I really urge you to keep in mind the different time zones that your client is in compared to where you live. I think I mentioned in a previous episode where I was working with a lady from New Zealand, and between Ontario and New Zealand, we have almost 24 hours difference, and the, it took sometimes a full day for her to get back to my emails because of the time difference, and she was living her life, and I had things going on as well. So by the end of it, I already really underestimated how long the project would take, so time was really precious and then I just was like killing myself waiting around for her to get back to me and then I was asleep when she would finally get back to me. So you know it just was like such a time waster so always keep in mind the time zones. If you've never tracked your time before I just use a desktop app. I really recommend Toggle just because it's simple and free. There's so many out there if you just did a quick search of different time tracking desktop apps I'm sure you could find one that satisfied your needs. That takes us to our next point which is how to stay motivated. It's so hard. It is so hard to show up every day especially when you're not getting the results you want and the jobs you want but you have to stay motivated. The number one thing I recommend all new freelancers do is to create a running list of the reasons why they're even starting freelancing. This is your goldmine. This is like your sacred precious go-to list that will pull you out of a hole when you really start to feel down and discouraged. In a previous episode near the beginning of the season, I did a call out to other dietitians and they wrote in why they were motivated to start freelancing. And I thought it was so inspirational and just so beautiful. So if you need reasons why freelancing is something you want to stick with, I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. I think it was episode two or three. The most popular reasons would be that you need an extra... Extra money for the month, you want to challenge yourself, you want to try a new skill that's very low risk just to prove to yourself you can. There's so many different personal reasons. It might have to do with creativity because maybe your clinical role doesn't allow you a lot of creative liberty and you need something to scratch that itch. Whatever reason you pick, make sure you have it written down, sticky tape it to your computer. Have it written on a notebook in front of you, somewhere visible, so that, like I said, whenever you start to feel low, you remember why you started. The most successful freelancers are the ones who are motivated and consistent. I think another area to really prioritize when you're pursuing freelancing on top of your full-time job is leaning into the hours of the day when you feel the most creative. Because freelancing is a creative pursuit. And if you're working all day, especially in a counseling position, I know I can speak to that. When I'm counseling people all day and explaining scientific concepts in a way that's engaging and that lands, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I feel like my creative juices are gone. So doing freelance work in the evenings after my full-time job just did not work. It was so hard for me to come up with anything innovative or special. I just felt like I was regurgitating a lot of the information uh, that wasn't really profound. So instead, I decided to wake up early and I am not a morning person, although I, I wish I were. Oh my God, I wish I were. I forced myself to be. I'm a fake morning person. So when I was at my prime, I would wake up two hours before my, my regular work day and I would do all my writing then. And it was amazing how it became this kind of peaceful ritual. The house was so quiet. I had no responsibilities because I felt like the world hadn't started yet. I made my favorite cup of tea, which was Earl Grey Vanilla. And then I sat down at my desk, wrapped myself in a blankie, and I just got to work. I loved it. Now things have changed for me, just a little bit of my personal life, and I do more writing in the evening, and it's fine. Um, so just... At the end of the day, you just really have to lean into the hours when you feel your are most creative. It will make your freelancing work so much easier and it will feel less like a burden and more of a challenge and a pleasure and something to look forward to. The number one boo-boo I would say that a lot of new freelancers make is just getting really gung-ho, really excited, which is great, but then they start to sacrifice other parts because they feel kind of guilty about not doing freelancing work. So they might skip out on a gym class or maybe they skip out on a walk or something else that's very nourishing. Once is fine, especially if you have a tight deadline. Twice, okay, but after three times, I'd say you need to go back to step number one and figure out your schedule because the time that you've allocated to freelance work is clearly competing with other interests. And that's just not sustainable because this pursuit It shouldn't be adding more stress to your already jam-packed week. It should just be flowing in as naturally as possible. So if you find yourself consistently sacrificing one thing for the other, that's a strong indicator to go back to the start, look at your schedule, and see what's realistic. It obviously will depend a lot on what you're doing. I mean, writing is a lot easier. It's very portable. Anything digital-based is going to be easier People who are in recipe development may struggle because maybe their family doesn't want to hear them at 6am, you know, making muffins or clanging around the kitchen. I guess if you make something really phenomenal, you'll be forgiven. (laughs) But just keep that in mind when you're creating your schedule. What's going to be the most realistic? And also plan to take some weeks off. It can be hard, especially when you feel like you've gotten the ball rolling, but make sure that you've planned for some time away from freelancing and some time to just disconnect. Because like I keep mentioning... 45-hour weeks, 50-hour weeks, on top of your busy life, like it does start to drain on you. And you're 9 to 5, I'm sure you have allocated vacation days, but in your freelancing gigs, it's up to you to decide when you're going to take them. So make sure you do take them because they are available to you. Those are the main tips that I have for getting into freelance work They're very appropriate for someone who's a brand new freelancer and just wants to find a way to incorporate it out the gate. As you get more experience, of course, you're going to learn what works for you, which routines don't work for you, what hours of the day are your most productive, which ones do you just want to unplug and have time for yourself and your family. All of that will come in time. The most important thing I hope that you took away, I'm sure I stressed it enough, is just to be consistent. So if you say, Jules, I'm going to show up on Upwork Monday, Wednesday, Friday between, I don't know, on your lunch hour, between 12 o'clock and 1230, and just send as many pitches as I can see good jobs for, then I'm gonna hold you accountable to that. And I hope that you do it because that's the only way that you're really gonna start to get some traction and start to secure some jobs, at least on upwork. The same is true if you're doing cold pitching, maybe you're a little bit more advanced in your freelancing game and you're off of those platforms and you're messaging businesses and brands, you should still be dedicating at least 30 to 90 minutes a week for pitching. So I hope that helps to set the stage and give you guys a better picture of what you can expect if you start to pursue freelance work. If you need help, send me a message. I love to chat with you guys. The best place to send me a message is going to be Instagram. My handle is at I've been juggling freelance work and working full-time for the last year, so I completely understand the struggle. I'm very happy to talk to you more, especially if your circumstances are a bit more unique. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. I hope you all have a very Merry Christmas and a wonderful holiday season. I wouldn't feel like a great business owner if I didn't give you guys a little snapshot into what I'm planning for the new year. I am obviously coming back with season two of the Freelance Dietitian podcast. My brother has written me Uh, my own personalized song, not a jingle, but just the intro music and the, and the out music that comes. So that's going to be really sweet. I was really touched by that. There's also going to be new cover art in terms of some more helpful material. I have been working on an Upwork course that I plan to release for you guys at some point in the new year. I don't have a date finalized yet. Um, but that's really exciting. I know Upwork is kind of a behemoth and it's so helpful to have a little bit more of a handhold to first get you into it so that you also feel safe and that you're not signing yourself up for something that's you're just going to regret later, right? Because it's so hard to see what's good and what's bad. So that'll be some of the highlights. I'm also going to be doing a ton of interviews for a bunch of different type of freelance dietitians. We're going to have on a nutrition artist, which is going to be phenomenal, so unique, so different. I'm also going to have on one nutrition writer, Anna Reisdorf. Gotta have her. She's amazing. I'm also going to have on a dietitian who has a couple YouTube channels, and she's going to be sharing some tips about YouTube strategy. There's also a student coming on who manages a virtual assistant company where she does services and has other people working under her that help support dietitians in private practice. So that's amazing. I love that it's going to be about students and you know, full-blown licensed dietitians can do virtual assistant as well. Like it's nothing to be uh, putting our nose at. Virtual assistants can make anywhere from $40 to $90 an hour. So hello. I also have my eye on a dietitian who's a food photographer because I think that would be really cool. She's actually shot some things for publication. So fingers crossed I can get her on the show. Another dietitian that I'm really fascinated by she does a lot of improv work and it's not related to dietetics, but I love she brings so much of it into her counseling. And I just love that she is so creative and just leans into that part of her practice and her personality. And she's just unlike any other dietitian I've ever met in a somewhat clinical role. And it's so like, it just like gives me all the worm and fuzzies. I just love it. And I have an RD friend of mine who does more media work, so she works with brands, and she's also been on the radio a few times, I think, and she's broadcasted all over the air answering nutrition questions, which I think makes her a perfect guest for a podcast. So there's a lot of different people who are in the dietetics profession that are actually doing extremely creative things. Until I created The Freelance Dietitian, I didn't even know they were there, and that was a big part of why I created this business, because I am certain there's so many others out there who are also in the dark and would love to hear about all these different creative options that they could be doing. So that's it. Those are the sneak peeks for 2022. I'm really excited. I I can't wait to just go all in on these businesses I have. I think it's going to be amazing. The freelance dietitian is currently undergoing its fifth remodeling, the website, I mean, and that's just because I've changed my direction for my business quite a bit from when I started, and that's very normal. When I created this business, I was freelancing under this name. But since I've just gotten more, more, be- like better acquainted with what my actual goals were, I've, I've branched out. So now I have a nutrition writing business called Nutrition Pen, which I'm keeping completely separate from Freelance Dietitian, which is solely going to be dedicated to educating RDs about different freelance and like freelance business opportunities out there. So I hope that clarifies it. I know I've been kind of keeping that close to the close to the heart, but just because I wasn't ready to share it yet. But yeah, all that's coming in the near. Sorry to ramble. I'm just so excited. And that's a wrap. That's season one. I'll see you guys in 2022. Bye.